Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Much. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Am I on? I think so. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be up here. It is good to be back. It's cool that I get to be up here yet again on a fifth Sunday, and this time I didn't even have to bribe anyone. Normally I slide a little bit to uh, Pastor Lloyd, but hey, I didn't have to do that this time. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Pastor Sean, where where are you? Where's Sean? There he is. Sean, thank you for this opportunity yet again. I am so grateful. Fifth Sundays, if you don't know, are the one week the one weekend that we typically get to take over, the youth takeover. So we, I don't know if you noticed, worship was primarily youth. We had a lot of youth. Even Randy, he's a senior this year. Thank you, Randy. Where's Randy? Thank you. I mean, he's got a busy schedule, but he fit us in. Um, so thank you for that, Randy. Really appreciate it. Our leaders get to fill the stage roles. Shout out to Bryce up in the sound booth. Um, thank you. Thank you, Bryce, always. Uh, Lydia did announcements. We had my mom, another youth leader, do our transition, and Melody pray for us. So it was just awesome to uh, fill all those roles. Thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Oh, and Josh on the live stream. Shout out to Josh. There he is. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Not everyone, and of course me, probably the most important. I forgot to give myself a shout out. Probably the most important person here today. No, I'm just kidding. But not everyone my age is able to do this, and I, I thank you all as a church family for giving me this opportunity to come and to uh, hone this calling that God has given me. So I appreciate it. Um, we have been going through our series on rhythms, resetting and finding new rhythms, finding healthy rhythms to live out our lives the way that God has intended them, that brings him honor. We have been talking about finding new rhythms, honor, hearing from God, and the importance of the Sabbath. This morning, I want to bring into focus a concept that each and every one of us go through and struggle with, probably on a daily basis without even realizing it. I want to bring up the concept of worry and stress. And Now, I don't even think I told Melody we were talking about stress, but she prayed for it, so it's going to be a good one. Like, God is already working. Um, I'm a college student, if you guys didn't know. Um, Do we have any other college students in the room? Hands up. We've got a couple. We've got a couple. Are there any that have made it past college? Any college grads in here? Okay, a little bit more. A little bit more. One day, I'll be able to raise my hand with you guys, but I'm not there yet. It's a stressful undertaking, school is. It's a stressful undertaking. We are the ones that say, you know what, high school wasn't enough. I want more. I want more school, more knowledge. Let's cram it in there. I'm also the oldest sibling. Is anyone else an oldest sibling? Okay, shout out to you guys. I'm the oldest to three younger siblings under me, and it, at times, it can be just a little worrisome and stressful. I know some of you guys um, may feel me there. I'm also a leader. Do we have any other leaders in the room? There's like three hands, like three hands. Here at church and everywhere else, I apply myself in the world to be a leader. 
Who's a leader in their life? There's a couple of hands. Who, what about in their home? Leader at home? More hands, more hands. What about at work? Their vocation? There's some more hands here and there. At times, I think I have permission to say it's stressful, at least, to say the least. But what is stress, right? We're talking about stress, worry. Well, Oxford defines stress as a state of mental or emotional strain or tension from adverse or very demanding circumstances. So I think it's safe to say that life can be pretty stressful. Does anyone else have some adverse circumstances in their life? I know I do or have. We all have. We all have things in life that are stressful. Maybe it's more worry about what's to come. Maybe it's an anxious feeling, anxiety, a blanket of just weight that you're feeling. The future is a big part of this. It's uncertain, right? We can, we can agree the future is uncertain. And this is a psychological response that can be seemingly impossible to cope with. Okay, I have some stats for us, all right? You guys ready? Some stats. According to the American Institute of Stress, about 33, so let's just take this room, okay? Let's just take this room. About a third of us are feeling extreme stress. I'm not asking anyone to raise their hands here. We don't have to raise our hands. But a third of us, so maybe like, this side, like just the, the, the last half of that side. So a third of us. 77% of people experience stress that affects their physical health. That's a much bigger percentage. Affects their physical health. 73% of people have stress that impacts their mental health. So there's almost the same, physical and mental health. Three quarters of this room are feeling that, statistically. 48%, almost half, of people have trouble sleeping because of stress. Half of the people in this room have trouble sleeping because of stress. Also, stress is the number one health concern of high school students. So these guys over here, number one. It's the number one health concern. And 80% of people feel stress at work, right? 80%, that's a lot. That's the biggest number up there. And stress can be anything that throws a wrench into your rhythm. It can be anything that throws you off of the groove in your life, that shakes up the comfortability. It's inevitable that those wrenches get thrown in, right? Can we all agree? It's inevitable. It happens. No matter what chapter of life you're in, there will always be things that throw off the groove, that throw off the rhythm. So this is a real challenge in all of our lives and the lives of everyone else around us. It's how we cope with these things that either pull us away from that or leave us in it. But how do we cope? How do we, as Christians, overcome an obstacle like worry, stress, or anxiety? The Bible has something to say about these things. It does. I know everyone's like, okay, thank goodness. Can we read some scripture this morning? Can we? We have permission? Okay. But before we get into it, I have a preface. Everyone's like, oh no. We're going to read some verses that we might be familiar with. We might be comfortable with. We may have heard them time and a time again. We may see them on Pinterest. We may see them on Instagram stories, Facebook. Maybe grandma's reposting these. We might have seen these verses time and time again, but I want to challenge everyone in here 
to go into this with fresh eyes. Fresh eyes and an open heart. The first time. Okay, we're reading this for the first time. Can we do that? For the very first time. Let's pray before we do that. Heavenly Father, I just, I pray for an openness. I pray that our minds, our ears, our hearts, and our eyes are just open to what you have for us this morning. In your word, in your spirit, God, we just want to soak it up. We want to soak it up and leave here, not with it all gone the next day, God. We want to read this with fresh eyes and retain what you are telling us right now this morning. And so I pray that you speak to us and you give me the words. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to open up to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Does anyone have a physical Bible? There's a couple. There's a couple. For all of you heathens, I'm just kidding. Everyone that doesn't have a Bible, I put them in slide form so you guys can see. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. We're going to go through this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He goes on to say, And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And then it goes on. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we're reading this for the first time, correct? For the first time. Is this not life-changing? Is this not revelatory to all of us right now in this room? Do not worry, it is saying. If you don't see this as world-changing, as groundbreaking, maybe you need to read it again. Do not worry about your life, it says. Come on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Hang on that. The birds we see every day flying around, they don't worry about their food. About, well, they don't wear clothes, but God provides. He even says, aren't we a little more valuable than those birds? Much more valuable, it says. Can we add a single hour to our lives by worrying? The room fell silent as if they were contemplating. Oh, I wasn't, oh, dang, I wasn't supposed to say that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But do we in this room, do any of us in this room have to worry about food or clothes? That's, that's kind of the big question. I know some of us may be more fortunate than others. 
But Americans are rich and fat. Amen. Amen. I was at Westgate on Friday night. Speaking of being fat. I was at Westgate on Friday night, and uh, me and a couple buddies, we went to Mana Barbecue. Has anyone else been to Mana Barbecue? And you can get endless food. Endless. They just keep bringing it to you. It's like 26 bucks, but it's endless. And you cook it right there in front of you. So I was there with a couple of my friends. We, we put our names in. It was like 80 minutes to eat, or like to wait, to sit. And so we were walking around Westgate, and all these things, you could spend your money here. You can get boba. You can, you know, whatever you want to do. Hats shoes, whatever. And so we saw this sneaker shop. We go in, and my, my two friends are a little more fashion sensible, maybe you can tell, a little more fashion sensible than I. But we go in, and did you guys, <laughs> did you guys know that there are shoes that cost more than $60? <laughs> I get my shoes at Ross for like $35, $40, at the most. And Kanye's great and all, but $500, and we saw these there. We saw that, and they were all wrapped up, all these sneakers all over the walls, they're all wrapped up. $500 for every shoe. Do you think Jesus was talking about those kind of clothes? No. Was he talking about boba when he was talking about food? No. We live in a privileged world, but that doesn't mean that we don't worry about things, right? Does this verse apply? Absolutely. I read this and I think of the state of the world today, the hurt that people are feeling, racial injustice, political tension, poverty, right? My own world, my assignment that's due Tuesday night that I haven't started yet. <laughs> I think, am I ever going to be able to move out? Am I ever going to be able to afford, maybe by the time 30, 35, I, it's, it's a rough market out there. How am I ever going to be good enough for my future spouse? Those are the things that I worry about. And these are all valid, right? These are all worries. But if we look back at the Word of God, he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right, maybe you're saying, I get it. God is good, but I don't feel any less stressed about this coming week. I don't feel any less anxious than I did five minutes ago. Well, stick with me. I can't speak for anyone else in this room. I can't. I've never not had clean clothes. I've always had a, bay, a bed to lay in at night. I've always had a roof over my head. But I've been in places of anxiety and stress to the point where I didn't want to do anything about it. But I also look back and see that God has been there every step of the way. Um, I was a senior in high school, and uh, it was senior in high school, playing football, and there was some talk about college football. There were some talks. There were some recruiters, and it was D3, guys. It was Division three. So all you guys, you guys know, it's like, it's a little bit up there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... Um, there was some talk about football scholarships, and I was in the mindset, okay, I'm going to use football as a vehicle for free school. I'm going to use this. I didn't even really like football that much. I didn't even start varsity until my senior year, but there was still some attention going around. And so um, I was completely willing to go to North Dakota to play football 
because they were going to pay for my school. And I looked at the weather app. Um, it's, a, it's supposed to be negative 28 degrees on Thursday this week. So I'm glad that I'm not up there, to say the least. Um, but it w I was willing to do it, to pay for school. That was kind of my mindset. I didn't even know what I wanted to go to school for. I was just in this mindset, of, I've got to get this provided for. Another college approached me from Illinois, Central College, and I met with a recruiter. And I was in this meeting, and that evening we were supposed to um, go to this recruitment, kind of like all of the Arizona prospects, go to this nice dinner, they were going to pay for it, talk about signing. And I was in this meeting, one-on-one -on -one with this guy, and I felt God directly call me to, to grow where I was planted, to not uproot myself and go half, halfway across the country and do something that I was not ready to do. And so I didn't know what that meant for me exactly, but I knew that it was from God. I knew that. And I was worried, but at the same time there was peace because I knew that that was from God. And then there was the question of school. How am I going to pay for school? How am I going to get through this? What does an internship look like at church? Is this the calling in my life? Another uh, couple weeks later, my school counselor had said, hey, there's this church, this Presbyterian church, that is looking to sponsor, um, give scholarships to Christians going to community college, just a church in a small, like an elder group that was going to pay for community college. And I thought, okay, let's do this. And so I applied. I ended up doing the interview and getting accepted all on Zoom because this was right at the height of quarantine, right? All this was lining up. I thought, okay, I'll go to EMCC, get my, my ducks in a row there, and then we'll see what happens after two years. Another opportunity comes in. Pure Heart Church says, we're doing this thing where we're partnering with Southeastern University in Florida, where you do that online and you do all of the practical application stuff here at our campus or here at your church and we'll meet you where you're at. Okay, that's perfect for me. Right, that's perfect. Another way that God provides. But Southeastern wasn't community college. And so I had to go and say, hey, this is not a community college. Does this scholarship still apply? They deliberated and they said, this is the only time that we're going to do this but we will pay for your first two years. And so I have not had to pay a dime for school because every time I put $100 in, they end up giving me a $300 check for COVID relief. I'm like, there's just money in the mail. They're paying me to go to school. So I haven't had to pay anything for school. Here's the catch. I am in semester two of the last year that this scholarship applies. The question is, where do I go get a loan? Where do I, you know, how do I start providing for this? I'm looking at my ministry salary and trying to figure out, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. I was in this for the money. Where's, you know, where's the, I don't understand. How am I going <laughs> to, thank you, Sean, thank you. How am I going to pay for school on this salary? It wasn't going to work. Last week, and I haven't mentioned this to a lot of people, except for our small group. Last week, the same church that has sponsored me and given me scholarship called me and said, hey, there's another opportunity where they want to maybe meet you and pay for the rest of your schooling. Yet again, God provides. Yet again. Do not worry. And that's just one instance of God showing up in these moments of my life. But how do we cope with the worry? Because that doesn't go away. The anxiety, the stress... We live day by day 
one day at a time. We take what comes, we thank God for it, and we don't worry about the future. I've got a couple, hopefully, practical applications for this. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Every situation, every day, allow God into that situation. I'm not saying that God can't work outside of our prayer and petition, but why not let him in, right? Why not bring him into that moment and say, God, this is causing me worry, anxiety, stress, fear. I can barely function. Bring God into that. Every situation, every day. Another one was 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. That says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Does that say rejoice when you have plenty of food and plenty of clothes? No. Does it say pray only when you need something really bad? It says rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. Can we say rejoice always? Rejoice always. Always. This kind of goes into my, my last point here. Accept the gifts that God has given you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toll. This is a gift of God. If we don't accept the gifts that God has given us, we will never be content with what we have already. If we're always comparing ourselves to, my friends make more money than me. They're, they're about to get married, right? I'm never going to be content with what I have already. Look at me. I am where I am because of God. And if I don't say thank you for that, I'm going to fall into a pit of anxiety, worry, and stress. Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is the thief of joy. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? It does not help. It doesn't help. When we're so focused on the worry and the anxiety and the stress, it overcomes us. It comes into our lives and it takes it over. But when we recenter ourselves and align with what God has for us, and we put into practice all of these rhythms that we're trying to focus on here, those stressors don't have the power. We don't give them an inch. But we can take those thoughts and worries and cast them aside. Worry about today, sure. But the future, six months, two years, that's not for us to worry about. That's for God to plan and for us to enjoy. The birds don't worry. So why should we? Has anyone ever seen Chicken Little? <laughs> He's a bird. And his, him and his dad always said what? No. They say, today is a new day. I don't know if I'm allowed to quote Chicken Little up here, but come on. If, if that's what makes you remember this morning, that when we see the birds flying, the doves, or whatever we see on the road, today is a new day. They're living one day at a time. They're not worrying. We don't have to either. 
I would love to pray for everyone this morning and invite the worship team up. Um, and I just, I just feel like if you need to take back, if you need to take back your day-to-day, I want you to raise your hand. And we're not going to bow our heads. You can if you want to. But if you need to take back your day-to-day, because we all go through this. We don't, have to be, we don't have to be ashamed of this. It's a stress. We all go through this. If, we, if you want to take back your day-to-day, if there is anxiety, stress, and worry overrunning your life, raise your hand. Raise it high. Because we all want you, God, this morning. Let's pray. God, in every situation, in every day, every single day, we want to rejoice in the good things and accept the things that you have given us. For when the worry and the stress and those anxious thoughts come knocking at our door, we can stay focused on what you have for us right now. Right now. Like when David was anointed by Samuel, And he didn't know he was going to be king until way later. He didn't know when that time exactly was. He went back to the fields. He went back to where God had called him. He went to other new chapters in his life before he could finally be king. And so right now, God, I just pray for today. That we live day by day. And don't worry about tomorrow or next week or next year or what anyone else is doing, God, but you and I right now, in this moment. God, I thank you. I thank you that you always have us. You will provide in all things, our food, our drink, everything that we need. So I pray that in your heavenly name. Amen.